Hi, this is Miss Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Carrie Burgraff. She is a sales leader, analyst, and consultant at Wide Awake Business. She is also an international best-selling author. Hello, Carrie. <laughs> wow. Okay. That sounds, that's yeah. impressive. Oh, well, I think it's easier to become an international best-selling author these days than it used to be probably, but it's still fun. Well, look at you being all transparent. Yeah, because there's kind, there's kind of a, there's like a, a, a formula to there's all of strategy it. There's a strategy to it. Yeah, 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 there's a strategy, you, yep. but you yep. know, hey, you did it. Right. You're like, I wrote a book. I want everybody <laughs> to read it. It's awesome. Get your butt on it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, tell us about your book. Um, Own Your Grit is, and I did it with Jennifer Bardo. Yes. And yes. We, it was kind of fun because she and I had had all these like deep conversations and kind of about where how we got where we are. And she said, hey, Carrie, I think we should write a book. And I was like, well, I don't know that I could fill half a book on the idea of grit, but I think we could pull together a bunch of women who could yeah. do it. And that was sort of... She, you know, we ran with that, and then she took off and did the, you know, the the, um, spinoffs of GRIT, Mm -hmm. and that's been super fun to be part of, and I'm so proud of her for what she's done with it, how she's grown it. It's It's amazing, and that's Kathy Davis, her her publishing company, who I love and adore, and one of my favorite clients. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> it's, awesome. It's so, um, and I love Jennifer. She's, wow, she's a spirit. She has been through some very interesting things and, you know, and, and I know a lot of us have, but I really love when people are willing to show up and talk about it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, because we can learn from each other. Absolutely. So now Wide Awake. Yes. Wide Awake business sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, I've been there about a year and a half. I have a really strange background. I'm a geriatric PA. So I have a bachelor's as a PA. I have a master's yep. as a PA. I have a bachelor's as a technical writer. So all that seems very technical, right? And worked in geriatrics. And then after my kids had grown and gone, I started selling home care and it allowed people to stay at home and loved that. It was just such a great um, industry. It, it's where people want to spend the rest of their yeah. lives, you know, most of the time. And so selling that, I um, worked for with a company that was international and we had um, like a hundred locations. And so I started coaching other salespeople uh, for the company and that kind of grew. And so then I had an opportunity to come to Wide Awake and coach companies outside of mine um, in how to sell. And gosh, it's so funny because you think that it's about teaching people to sell. And, and certainly there are techniques and their structure and all of that. But um, I find that I spend an awful lot of time understanding people's mindset, what gets in the way of if they're not selling, what's the dynamic that's keeping them from doing that. Sometimes it's skill. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's their mindset. Sometimes it's the culture. There are a lot of different things. So it's funny, I'm still going in places and sort of looking, asking a lot of questions and diagnosing and suggesting treatments. Well, so. yeah, because sales is an interesting thing to do with your life. I mean, it's what I do mainly uh, with my own company. And over the years, I've had to, you know, Josh Levy, who I told you about, has helped me learn about confidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, 
there were times where, you know, I would, I just wouldn't feel confident or I would think, oh, why is somebody going to hire me? And then, and then I would think, that's so silly. We're really good at what we do. Yes. <laughs> you know, we so care for our clients. We so want everything to work out well. And, you know, if you want that sort of mom's here to hug you and help you figure out this thing we call marketing, we're really good at that part. You know, because we really do care and want people to do the best, but it does take confidence and it it takes learning um, really how to talk to people. And and the big thing is, as you know, it's relationships. Oh, 100%. So if you have in your head, I got to sell this, I got to sell this, I got to sell this, you're you're not, you don't have in your head, I really want to help this person and I want to have a relationship with them so I can help them to achieve their goals. That's, there's a mindset. A hundred percent. I think a lot of times uh, some of the core places I start working with people is understanding why they want to sell. And if what's pushing them is there's like a budget, there are numbers to hit, that kind of push, Mm -hmm. it often shows up in the sales. And um, people will understand if I say that their communication is only 8% words, they might get that, but the rest of it is body language, tone, and even your energy. And if someone doubts that there's energy in your body that you're um, emitting, think about a dog that's standing there by you and it's not moving and it's not making a sound, but it's very um, erect and it's it's got its hair, you know, yeah, shackles raised, and, like, oh. and you don't need that dog to do anything. You know that that dog is telling you something. And I think we come into situations, whether it's sales or what have you. I one of the women that I've worked with said she felt like men didn't like her and that she wasn't accepted in her industry by men. And what I thought was funny is it's hard for me to believe that every man that she interacts with doesn't like women in their industry. Right. But if she believes that and she comes in with that lens, so we talked through the idea of could she be shaping some of her interactions by coming in with her shackles raised right? and that these men might be reacting to her shackles being raised, not her being a woman. Right. And I think we can create as we, you know, those of us who like to talk this language, we create our reality because we come in with the lens. And if we see it that way, we just make it true because we interact with the environment as if it's true. It's it's so interesting. And this is something I have I have really worked on over the years is what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And and what I have found is that, um, you know, as over the years and, and, and working with this, I've become much more aware of my thoughts. And then those times where I have the thought that is not going to serve me nor anyone else, mm-hmm. I will stop and be like, I apologize. Please forgive me for that thought. That is not the thought that I want to have. I want to like go back in time. Here's the thought I want. And, you know, having that awareness of what's going on in that brain of yours, because, you know, a lot of times we're rewriting things that we learned, what society has taught us, what we learned from a teacher or parents or something, you know, we we have to rewrite that. Uh, You know, we weren't always told the truth. Sure. And I think that the people who told us that probably meant well. They yeah, didn't exa- know they, either. They weren't They're... like going, oh, I'm going to really screw with your life, kiddo. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you this, you know, but it came from some, it came from their parents. It came from fear. Yes. You know, and, and many things that come from fear don't exactly serve us. 
And it's interesting. I was working with a client yesterday afternoon, and we were talking about some choices that she had in her business. And she was struggling to make the choice. So what I wanted her to do was sit down and make a list of why she thought it was a good idea and why she thought it might be a bad idea. And then I had her go back and circle the ones that when she said them, she felt fear in her body because that way she could become aware of whether fear was driving it and doesn't mean that the decision was still like it didn't mean that it was necessarily a good decision but to cut fear out of it if you didn't have to worry about your reputation or what people would say about you if this attempt fails if you got rid of that would you still make this step and getting the clarity by getting that that emotional piece, the ego pulling you around, right, can be super helpful. But it does require slowing down and like listening to what your body's telling you instead of what your mind is. And of course, we're trying to understand that that your your brain is doing it because it's trying to protect you. It's exactly. telling you the you ego, can't survive. The ego is trying to protect yes. you. The ego's like, well, we might not want to do. We don't want to deal with that again. You know, right? But, right. And but it's also your challenge to overcome. Yes, and I think the funny thing is a lot of times when the next step for someone who recognizes it is they try to shove it down. Oh, no, yeah, that doesn't work either. (laughs) No, because it's fighting to survive, right? And so acknowledging it, on the other hand, where you, I have somebody I worked with that a lot of what was triggering her now was coming from a childhood need to be protected, and she was right. When she was seven or eight, she did need protection. Right. So the eight-year-old now who's standing there pulling on her pant leg, trying to get her attention, that's a very valid concern because her eight-year-old self needed that protection. So now it's about coming to the eight-year-old self and picking her up and putting her on your lap and being like, hey, it's okay. We're good. I know back then we needed this and thank you so much. And I really appreciate what you're trying to do. And you know, now we have options we didn't have then. So we're okay, but I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. And it sounds so woo-woo, I guess is what people would say. But the thing is, if, if you don't acknowledge your eight-year-old, then your eight-year-old's driving your bus. Exactly. And you want your current self driving your bus. And, and you've seen these people that um, revert to childhood, you know? I mean, uh, I had a client a long time ago that would just, would just start yelling about stuff. And one of the people that worked with him was like, oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable when he gets like this. And and I was like, you realize that that's a three-year-old having a tantrum. And she's like, no, I go, oh yeah. When he starts up, I'm like, wow, okay, okay, we're having a tantrum, we're acting like a three-year-old. What happened at three years of age that you have not healed yet? that you were a man in your 70s having a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And, and when I said that to her, she's like, oh, wow, I feel a lot better about this now that I have this insight. You know, I was like, and hopefully he will figure this out at some point. But until he does, that's how he's going to react when he wants his way. Mm-hmm. And it must have worked at three-year-old. I have a tantrum. Mom and dad gave me the piece of candy. Ah, this seems to work. I'm going to keep doing this for a while. <laughs> right. Know? And so. Um, Doubling but, down on old behaviors, right? And and I do love, you know, you say woo-woo, and I agree. Um I'm telling you, the world could use a little bit more of, of the sensible woo-woo, you know, the sensible, realistic woo-woo. I know we got some people that kind of woo-woo go <laughs> way out, but uh, but there 
there there is a lot to learn about what is going on what's happening within your internal landscape <laughs> and if you're willing to go there which a lot of people aren't that's scary because i might have to think about something i didn't want to think about anymore that i've been oh i I've, right. i'm done with that i forgot it maybe you did but your body hasn't uh-huh. and it's still showing up in ways that uh, you may not be aware of until you're willing to put that awareness on it yeah it's super fun because one of my favorite parts of what I do is I'm trying to teach technical skills and all this planning and how to prepare for a meeting and strategic account plans and all that but when we're talking through their thoughts and feelings about things sometimes they're saying one thing but I'm I see something else come across mm-hmm. and there for example there's a woman I was working with that she has the opportunity to run a company and the owner's stepping back and as we were talking she was saying but I don't I don't really need to be number 1. I'm okay with number 2. I'm okay with the number 2 office. I'm okay with the number 2 title and I realized that in her mind there's something wrong with number 1. Ah, and yeah. I'm like, gosh, you know, there's something in your mind. There's something about being number one that doesn't resonate with you. Right. And I think that it, for her, it means that she's like the boss. And she like thinks that it means that she calls the shots and she's running the show. And that it's almost like a control and has thing. And all knowing. And, mm-hmm. and, and that she's not considering a team and so we actually shifted it where she gets to stay number two because number one is actually the company and the team and that aligns with her values okay because she wants to serve she doesn't want to she the idea of leading for her isn't serving so we had to reframe yeah what being in charge was just that she's now serving this team instead of controlling it but that's leadership is serving Yes, you know, I mean, serving is leadership. And, and if you're not serving, you're not being the best leader. You're probably the jerk that nobody likes working <laughs> for. <laughs> so, you know, that, that doesn't keep people working for you for too long. Um, and I, so I love your approach to everything. I just love Gosh, your approach to you. everything. It's just, it, it's it's beautiful and it, and we need it so much. And it's also great for a company to bring someone like you in because when they're so close to everything, they're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so having you there, that really helps them, doesn't it? I think all of us can benefit from that. I mean, I have a coach. I know my coach has a coach. Yeah, I know her coach has a coach. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We need people to show us what we can't see because we're too close to it. And I mean, the other day I was at a luncheon and a woman was talking, it's a woman owned company and she was talking about how one employee was complaining about another who was leaving at 4.30 to go um, run by the grocery store and pick up her daughter. And she's saying, well, you know, that's not fair. And the uh, person I was speaking with said she was justifying the other woman. And I said, actually, what's really interesting here is it's really not about the other woman. There's something about this woman that is Ah, that's where the trigger is Mm -hmm. and I'm like that's really I'd love to know be a fly on the wall for a conversation that started with hey it's really interesting that that bothers you 
why do you think it bothers you that she's leaving yeah. to go to the grocery store? And I mean, everyone could rationalize this woman's work history and you know her results and that she's working in the evening after her kid goes to bed and on the weekend. So that really wasn't the thing. So right. it's like, what is the thing? Because there's something else here. And instead of justifying the other woman, going back to the person and saying, hey, this is really interesting. I see that bothers you. Can we talk more about that? Right. What is it that bothers you about yeah. it? It's really about something being triggered in her. Exactly. Exactly. And it oh. may be that, oh, gosh, that's not fair. I'd like to be able to leave at 430 and go to the grocery store. I'm like, OK, let's talk about that. And Maybe what does that could. look like yes. if you do that? And yes. are you willing to pick up your computer at eight o'clock to finish up some things? You know, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, nowadays we kind of know if people are doing their thing or not. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's true. It's kind of hard to hide from That's it. true. That's true. <laughs> um, I hear about these companies that like measure keystrokes and where your eyes are at on the computer and everything. I'm like, that's a little micromanaging. That I could, I just think is a little overkill, mm. but, but you know, I mean, my company, the people that I work with, all of us have always been remote. Um, and, you know, you just know if, if the person's pulling their weight or not. Yes. You just know. You don't need you don't need to measure keystrokes or, you know, you just know. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Well, tell us how to learn more about you and Wide Awake. Uh, they can always find me on LinkedIn, um, Carrie Burgraff and Wide Awake Business. They can find me on Facebook. They can always reach out. Um, shoot me a call if they want or a text. I don't know if you want me to throw that out. It's there. up to you. But if you, you know, link. I love LinkedIn. That's where I tell people. Well, I'm like, get me on LinkedIn. Well, my LinkedIn has my cell phone number, yeah, so it really doesn't matter either way. But, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. find. You're gonna no. find out a way to get a hold of her. Well, awesome. and what's fun is I tell people if you want to sit down for 30 minutes and talk about what you do in your job and see if some extra support would be helpful in that session, I'll. I commit to you walk away with one or two tips that'll help you and you don't have to do another thing if you don't want to you just let's see if there's any synergy there at all and if there is great if not no worries I like it that's how I am too I'm like let's just meet I could maybe help you maybe I can't if anything you'll get some great insights yes you know all right I have some questions for you first of all ma'am when I was stalking you and checking you out, I came across this Gentry's Limited photos. Oh. <laughs> of Those are so, go Carrie, those are so cool. Tell me about that experience. Oh gosh, that was super fun. So you're talking about Dakota Grady has Gentry's Limited. Mm -hmm. um, it started out as a men's custom clothier haberdashery. And um, it took me about three years to convince Dakota to make women's clothing. <laughs> and he finally made me a short suit to so their dress shorts and mm -hmm. jacket. And I have like five now. But um, he, when he did the first one, because I was the first woman he made clothing for, he does, he, he I'm trying to remember what his, uh, the humidor is his blog. And so he did a feature, had a photographer take, I think the guy took like 1,500 pictures in two hours. Do you remember hours. who the photographer was? I think it's Stephen Danner. Ah, I okay. Yeah. I have a, in my, where I live, because it was on Washington Avenue, okay. I know yes, this. Yes, it was on and Washington. And so I live in the Washington Loft District, and one of my neighbors, he's a photographer, and I always see him taking pictures mm. out on the streets. I'm like, I wonder if Clyde was taking pictures oh, of Gary right. that day. Yeah, no, so that but was super fun. those are so fun. cool, those pictures. Well, and I then love he had a, a writer interview me and did this whole blog, and yeah, it's my 15 minutes of fame. It was super fun. And I loved it. I was like, Thank you. These are great pictures. I got to ask her about it. Okay. My next question for you is 
So, you know, you are very aware, you're, you, you are really paying attention to things. When you have what you consider a win, do you celebrate it? How do you celebrate it? Um, yes, I celebrate it. I would say, I think the thing that I'm learning to celebrate more is to celebrate it more internally. Because I think when you understand, I guess you'd call me pretty type A or you know, very driven. So it's very easy to say, okay, I won and next. Ah. So stopping and letting it sink because I think that sometimes we don't let it sink in. So we never really feel full. Right. And that's a really good insight. It's something that I'm aware that I never quite feel satisfied that I somehow I could have done it sooner or better or, or bigger something like that so I think stopping and just allowing something to be for a little bit and then hey I'm huge on fashion so if I'm gonna celebrate <laughs> it's often we're buying be, something we're, yeah we're getting a new blouse we're going to see Dakota something like that go buy another pair of shoes from Claire Flowers something it. like that well, you deserve it well and I mean it, you know fun. that's the thing right if that like for me it would be I need a new pair of tennis shoes oh. so <laughs> yes so yes we have our fun things I love it yes I so I think that this is something I would like for everybody to put into their head because I like this thing thought, you know, rather than just running from one win to another, taking that time to stop and acknowledge and be like, okay, I did that. That was awesome. You know, and like really think it through. That is so important because I think a lot of people too, like just kind of shrug it off. Like, well, you know, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, doing my job. And yeah. Just doing my job as opposed to uh, yeah, I did this. I, mm-hmm. I made that happen. So I like that, Carrie. Thank you. Sure. So my podcast is all about kindness. Um, and will you share with us something top of mind that has to do with kindness, whether it's uh, something you gave, you received, or witnessed? I would say that one of the greatest kindnesses that I came across in the last maybe year was reading Wallace Waddle's book, uh, The Science of Getting Rich. And in it, Wallace, I think he's about 70. He sounds like he's about 70 years old. And I think it was recorded in like 1940 or something because he talks about how excited he is about the future of commercial airline. So you know, this has to be super old, right? Yeah. And one of the things that he said is that if you believe that each of us was made by God or source power, whatever you want to call it, and as a one of a kind, unique, original being, Mm -hmm. that if you live in the blueprint of who you are, then you are original and unique and one of a kind, and that the idea of competition does not exist, because there is no competition if you are your unique, original, one of a kind self. That to me was such a kindness because I think we spend a lot of time, whether it's as women on how we look or it's in our jobs and how we work and with our families, am I a good mom, am I a good wife, whatever, that we're always looking at uh, comparing ourselves to others who have more, seem to be doing it better. And I just knew that when I read that, the exhale that went through my body that said, look, you don't actually need to compete against anyone because what you do No one else does it. And it's not vain to say that because all of us have something we do and are that no one else is and does. So if everyone has it, it's not vain to say, 
I'm really excited that I have it. I have this. And, you know, people get attracted to different businesses for different reasons. There's there's plenty. There's plenty of it to go around. So, you know, attract the people that you want to attract into your world and work with them. And, you know, there's that. Yeah, the competitive thing is um, it really is almost a little prison you can make for yourself and, and, and knowing that you're unique and you've got your own gifts and you can just really love and praise yourself for what you do that that's very freeing. And just leaning into that, right? So I used to come into sessions with clients and be really concerned about like adding value and making sure that I was doing a good job. And like, was I checking the boxes that other people who might do somewhat what I do, you know, mm -hmm. what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Am I teaching the right things? Do I have the right structure? Am I creating an, enough wins? And when I actually took a breath and did my preparation like I would to make sure I'm ready for this client but then go in and trust that what I'm hearing and what they're needing is something that I'll be able to respond to and it's going to look different every time because every situation is different just letting it flow it it actually gets a lot better you yeah. you don't cut off your flow by trying to be someone else because right, you're being authentically you and it's much easier to be authentically you yes and yeah you, you can add so much more value if you actually and it goes back to that very first thing we were talking about that not trying to when you're in a sale trying to make the sale whatever that sale looks like i mean we sell to our clients but we also sell to our colleagues and our family members and our friends right right exactly and you and it is there's you know um I, it's so funny because you know, I'm, I'm looking at you. You're so I, I love your fashion. You're so like power businesswoman. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love funny. it. It's an awesome look. But if I tried to pull that off, it just would not happen. It just would. I would look like the clothes were wearing me instead of me wearing the clothes, <laughs> right? Funny. You know. And I think it's one of those things when you acknowledge it. I mean, even after losing my hair and I, I went with a wig for a while. Oh, uh, I did not like wearing that wig. Mm -hmm. And I was finally like, you know what? I don't have hair. Y'all are just gonna have to get over it. <laughs> right. I, I am uncomfortable with this wig on. I'm gonna rock some scarves. That's what I'm doing. So it's, you know, and, and people, I think, you know, people know when you're mm -hmm. being something you're not. And then it makes everybody uncomfortable because it doesn't, it's like something's off, something's off. Right. I don't know, but something's off. And it's like, this person is trying to be something that they're not and it feels weird. Right. If they would just like, breathe and be like look this is who I really am great unless you're a sociopath right <laughs> right thing, I don't want to talk to you but um but you know I mean most of us we just we get to be who we are right and that is lovely and beautiful and perfect well, and it's funny because in some ways, if you're trying to be something you aren't, you run out of content eventually, right? Because yeah. it's not your content. Right, right. So it actually doesn't I help you. I heard I should be this way. I heard I should right. say this thing, you know. And, right. and truly, if you speak who you really are, it you, you're going to get a lot further. And yes. it's going to be okay. And you're yes. not going to end up working with people you don't want to work with because right. you're you're yes. just pretending yes you know well and it's funny because i'm finally getting to the point that regardless of numbers i look at someone who's talking about working together and i sort of talk through whether we're a good fit and sometimes i'm looking at this going gosh 
I don't think this is going to work. And you yeah. and I talked about it when we met, and you have to be like, I'm sorry, I, I'm not sure we're a fit. I'd be glad to see if I could connect you with someone else. But when you can tell that something's not quite lining up, right. saying it. But, you know, it's funny. Um, I heard Kyle Cease. He's a transformational coach who has a, a podcast called Evolving Out Loud. And he, one time he said that it was important to not be afraid to show your heart to your friends because mm-hmm. if they run, then they're not your friends. It, very true. Yeah. And I thought that was a, just a really clean way of saying, look, just be yourself. And if it turns people off, then it's not who then you want to be with anyway. People. Right. Yeah. It's it's like in marketing when, you know, I tell people, we're going to run this email camp- campaign for you. And, you know, on this first big go of this list, you're going to get a bunch of people that are going to opt out. Don't feel bad about that. This is refining your list, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like, oh, why don't they want to talk to me? Not everybody is your audience. We are right now figuring your audience out. So let that this is part of the process, you yes. know. Well, and it, to me, it makes me think of how I coach um, a salesperson who's going into a networking meeting. And the truth is that in that meeting, there may be 50 people. First of all, you can't handle bringing on all 50 as clients. Right. It, would, it would drown you. As much as you think you might be able to, well, right. be crazy. <laughs> right. And if and you think about if you went to a networking meeting once a week and you met one person who was a strong candidate to work with you, that'd be a pretty big win. Yeah. But we tend to go in the room trying to pull in 20 right. instead right. of one. And one of my biggest recommendations is if you're not sure who you should talk to in the room, ask someone in the room who's the super connector in the room there is always always a super connector in a networking event and go to that person and tell them who you are if you don't know them and say who should i talk to in this room and let them help you filter it yeah much quicker much more productive and if you're there for 20 minutes and you meet a couple of people who are great potential fit for you, then you actually don't need to be there for two hours. Right. If and you've are got you really going to fill up your schedule with 10 meetings for next week? And yeah, exactly. I love it. So it can be kind of fun to filter it. So yes, filtering is not a, a bad thing. It's a good thing. It, it, is. it helps us play in the playground we want to be in. Yes. <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you. I'm so glad I met you. It has been so much fun fun. to get to know you and and having you on the podcast today to get to know you even better. Thank you. Thank you. I know we have a lot of discussions ahead of us. We do. We got some stuff to talk about, ma'am. All right. Yes. Everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and be kind. Love to all of you.